Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Let's open with prayer. My heavenly Father, I thank you. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Father, turn us from darkness to light. Turn us from the power of Satan unto you. And Father, let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go take a look at our verses. First one, John 10. 35, Jesus speaking. I'll begin in verse 34. He said, is it not written in your law? I said, you are gods. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came. And this is what we want. And the scripture can not be broken. If you put your trust in that scripture, that word of God, it won't break. If you can get your trust in it to where your trust isn't in anything else, it won't break. It won't change. It'll bring about what you need. Now, go with me to 1 Peter 3. The reason for these meetings. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. And what does that mean? The behavior of the wife. Walk in it. You don't always have to preach it. Walk it. And they'll notice the difference. Why they behold your chaste conversation behavior coupled with fear. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of the plaiting of the hair or the wearing of gold or putting on apparel. Don't let that be what people see in you. Don't let that be what people see. It doesn't say you can't braid your hair. It doesn't say that you can't put on some gold. What it's saying is don't let that be what people see in you. What do we want? Let it be the hidden man of the heart. The hidden man of the heart. And that which is not corruptible. Even the ornament of a meek, a meek, a mild and quiet spirit. Which in the sight of God is of great price. That meek and quiet spirit. That is not what you are when you are going after the devil. Then you are a full-fledged warrior. But when you are walking with the husband and with the father and with the children and with your co-workers, it is a mild and a quiet spirit. Why? Because your trust is in that word that won't be broken. When you trust that gospel, when you have that gospel in you, when you have Jesus in you, there can be chaos all around and you are standing still. And you are in faith. And you know that you know everything's going to be okay. You know it. Why? Because that meek and quiet spirit in you, which is Jesus, is handling the situation. It is so fun to be in faith. It is so fun to be in the spirit of God. Nothing bothers you. 
not what people say, not what happens around you, not what people are writing about you. It, nothing matters. Why? Because you're in the spirit. You're not here. You're up there. Now, the next verse. Chapter 4, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus speaking. Some of the first words he spoke when he began preaching. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because. Why did the Father, why did Jehovah, why did God put the Spirit of the Lord upon Jesus? Because. He has anointed me. He anointed Jesus to preach the gospel to the poor. To preach the gospel, the good news, what Jesus was going to do for us. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me. The Father sent Jesus. Why? He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Do you see the love of God here? He knows we're brokenhearted. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus. He knows we're brokenhearted. That is a God of love. To preach deliverance to the captives. The Father sent Jesus to preach deliverance to the captives. There are so many things we can be captive of. We can be captive of food. We can be captive of drugs. We can be captive of alcohol. We can be captive of fear. You know, fear is torment. If you're captive of fear, you can't move. You know what? Jesus knew that. The Father knew that. That's why he sent Jesus. Do you see? None of this is condemning. None of this is condemning us. None of this condemns us. What is it doing? It's saving us. That's why he sent Jesus. He said to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind. When you don't know where to go, you don't know what to do. The recovering of sight to the blind. That's not just physical blindness. That's spiritual blindness. You don't know where to turn. God sent Jesus to show you where to turn. Recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Bruised. You've been hurt. Oh, there's a whole world out there of people that have been hurt. They have been hurt from the actions of their parents. They have been hurt by the actions of their husbands or wives. They've been hurt by the actions of their children or their co-workers or people that they grew up with or their school or their teachers. They have been hurt. God knows it. He knows it. And that's why. He sent Jesus. He said, you are going down there and you're going to save them. Turn with me to Luke 9. Before we get into this, I want to make sure that this is on this program. Because I'm talking to a lot of brokenhearted, hurt people. And I'm talking to a lot of people that think that God is after them where we don't measure up and we think God's holding that against us. I want you to see, we're going to read some scripture. We're going to read the word of God. And what did we say in the beginning? The word of God cannot be broken. These words can't be changed. What words can't be changed? Luke 9, I'm going to begin in verse 55. 
Jesus went to Samaria. The Samaritans saw that Jesus was headed to Jerusalem and they wouldn't let him in town. The, the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along. When the Samaritans saw Jesus was heading to Jerusalem, they said, you can't stay here. We're not going to serve you. So they leave and James and John, John, I mean, the apostle of love. And what did the apostle of love say? They said, Lord, without we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them like Elisha did. But what did Jesus say? He turned and rebuked them. He was not happy that response. And what did Jesus say? You know not what manner of spirit you are of. Now look at this. Look at these words that cannot change. That can't be broken. It says, for the son of man, and that's Jesus, is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Do you see those words with your eyes? The son of man is not come to destroy men's lives. Jesus didn't come to destroy you. He didn't come to destroy you. He didn't come to condemn you. And that's John 3. He didn't come to condemn you either. Why did Jesus come? He said it right here. But to save you. To save you. That is a glorious statement that will never change. He came to save you. He didn't come to condemn you. And he didn't come to destroy you. It is not God destroying you. It is not God condemning you. And we will see that. It is the devil. And he's telling you he's God. And he's a liar. That would break the word of God. And the word of God cannot be broken. He came to save you. Now with that turn with me. We're going to go back to Romans 3. Romans 3. We're going to go to verse 23. Just like we did last week. Beautiful words. For all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. We read this last week. And we also read that come short is falling short. All have fallen short. All are inadequate. All are inadequate. Doesn't that make you feel better? All are inadequate. All have fallen short. All don't make the grade. Have you ever been there? It seems like everybody else around you has it together and has all the answers and you are lost. I have been there. When I was in a denominational church, it seemed like everybody was just these perfect, wonderful Christians and I couldn't figure out why I couldn't measure up. I just didn't think I could measure. I couldn't do what they were doing. I couldn't, I just, I was inadequate. I felt inadequate. I felt stupid. But you know what? The word of God can't be broken. All have sinned. All have fallen short. And then the next phrase. Being justified freely. Being justified freely. Freely. Oh, if you can get last week's tape, listen to it. Freely. Justified freely. What is justified? Your sins not only forgiven. Your sins not only forgiven by God, but taken away taken away you got this chalkboard with all your sins listed on it not only are they are forgiven they're erased the board is white when I taught school we had whiteboards the board is white there's nothing there that is justification that is justification 
And when did it happen? Being justified freely by his grace. By his grace. Justified freely by his grace. You didn't ask for it. You didn't deserve it. But he did it anyway. That is grace. The father did it anyway. He didn't ask you if you want to justify it. He did it anyway. He did it anyway. Thank God he did it anyway. He did it anyway. And how did he do it? Let's go on. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. He did it through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. What is that redemption? I'm going to go to the next verse. Whom God. God. Notice it's not just Jesus. This is the work of the Father. This is the work of Jehovah. This is the work of the one you're going to stand in front of someday. This is what he did for you. He said he set forth. He foreordained Jesus. He sent Jesus to be a propitiation. Big dollar word. What is propitiation? It meant an appeasement. It satisfied the Father. Jesus. Jesus satisfied the Father concerning you. He satisfied the Father concerning your sin. And how did he do that? With his own blood. And we have discussed that. That blood of Jesus. That blood of Jesus. When God set up the Old Testament. When he set up the law. He knew that there was going to be sin. And he knew that if he didn't do something. There's going to be a lot of dead people. Because the wages of sin are dead. So what did he do? He said alright. He said you can take an animal. And you can bring that animal to the temple and you can lay your hand on that animal and your sin, as long as it's not one of the ten. If you committed one of the ten commandments, you're dead. So you can lay your hand on that animal and your sin, what you did, will go on that animal. And then we're going to kill the animal. Why? So we don't have to kill you. The wages of sin is death. That's not something God created. That's always been. That is an eternal eternal law the wages of sin is death so they gave us that animal so we wouldn't have to die but you know what we have something a million times better a million times better than that law you don't have to go out and find yourself an animal because there was somebody that took that sin for you and that was Jesus the father foreordained planned it all out Put Jesus on the cross. You didn't ask for it. You didn't deserve it. But out of his love for you, he did it anyway. And he put Jesus on the cross. And when Jesus was hanging there, he took the sin of the world. And he laid it on Jesus. Just like that man would put his sin on the animal. God laid that sin of yours Laid that sin of yours on Jesus. Yes, all of it. Yes, even that sin. It all went on Jesus. It all went on Jesus. The deepest, the darkest, the worst sins went on that body. That body took it all. Everything that you have ever done went on that body. Yes, the bad sins. 
Yes, the worst sins. Yes, the unclean, the disgusting, the terrible sins went on that body for you. And then once the father had those sins on Jesus' body and Jesus took them, Jesus took them. Once that was all done, then Jesus died. He had to. He had to. The wages of sin is death. And he had all your sin on him. That's why Jesus couldn't be a God. You can't kill a God. Jesus had to die. And he did. He died. And we know what the wonderful thing is? He died with all that sin on him. He died with all that sin on him. And you know what's so wonderful about that? His blood came out. He shed his blood. That's what the father was looking for. That's what the father was looking for. He put Jesus there to get that blood. He wanted that blood from Jesus. Why? Because he knew it would satisfy him concerning you. Do you see when Jesus shed that blood, God was happy for you, for you, all that stuff that has bothered you for all these years was put on that body and God was waiting for that death. And when that blood was shed, God was satisfied. And not only that, but when the father raised Jesus from hell, hell, yes, he had to go to hell. Why? Because he had your sin and that's where sinners go. He had to go to hell. You should have gone to hell. He went for you. Do you hear that? You should have gone, but you don't have to go. That is the devil telling you you have to go to hell. You don't have to go. Jesus already went for you. He went for you. Oh, we're going to see a beautiful verse here in a couple minutes. All right. It says, Jesus went for you to hell. He satisfied the Father concerning that blood. The father got the blood he was sent Jesus to shed. The father was waiting for it. And then when Jesus was raised from the dead, when the father raised him up, and it was the father that raised Jesus, Jesus took that blood to the father. He took it to heaven. He took it to heaven. He told Mary Magdalene, don't touch me. I have to ascend to the father. I haven't ascended yet. Why did he ascend to the father? Because he was taking his blood. To satisfy God concerning you. To satisfy God. Was it something you did? No. Had nothing to do with you. It had nothing to do with how you look, how you act, what you did, who you were born to. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with Jesus. Thank God. Thank God. It had to do with Jesus. And it had to do with that blood. That's what got you justified. Nothing you did. There was nothing you can do. The only thing that was going to work was the blood of Jesus. And he took it to heaven. The father met him and he sprinkled the heavenlies and your sins were forgiven. When the father saw the blood and he met Jesus. When the father saw the blood, he was satisfied concerning your sin, concerning you. You were justified. You were justified 2,000 years ago. 
What's the problem? We have to walk in it. We have to trust it. We have to believe it. And I'll show you that. Now, let's go to Romans 5.1. Therefore, what is that therefore? Jesus went to heaven with his blood, satisfied the Father concerning you, concerning everything you've ever done. He said, therefore, being justified by faith, that's when it works, when we trust it. When we trust that that's what happened. When we trust that that's what Jesus did. When we trust that that was done for us. It's when we trust it. What happens? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God. Do you hear what that verse is saying? We have peace with God. Do you know that God's not mad at you? Do you know that God is not mad at you? Did you know that? Do you know the word of God cannot be broken? Do you know because of that blood, the father was totally satisfied? And that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus satisfied the Father. Do you know he is not mad at you? How can God be mad at somebody that sin has all been taken away? You have peace with God. He is not mad at you. Not a bit if you believe. If you believe. And he wants you to believe. Do you see that it is not what we do? How many times I've heard people say, I've got to clean up my act before I go back to God. No. He's the one waiting on you. He's not mad at you. You bring it all to him. You bring it all to him. You go to God with everything you've ever done. You go to God with all your weaknesses, your infirmities, your rebellions, your dependencies. You take it all. Take it all. All the rejections, all the hurts, all the broken heart, all the anger. You take it all and you take it to God. And you lay it down at his feet. You lay it down at his feet. Because you know who's sitting next to God? Jesus and he paid for every bit of that he paid for every bit of that you don't have to carry it one more day not one more day that's what the blood of Jesus did that's how much the father wanted it that's why he sent Jesus to get that blood so he could be satisfied. You don't have to carry this one more day. Oh, I see you. You are so frustrated. You hate yourself for the way you act. God doesn't hate you. You hate yourself. God's not the one that hates you. God wants to save you. He doesn't hate you. He loves you. He sent Jesus to save you. That's why Jesus had to go through so much so he could save you. God is not mad at you. God wants 
you. He wants you and he wants to fix you. That's the whole purpose of Jesus. To get you fixed. To get you fixed. He is a father. He's not this big God that cannot hear. He is a father. And he's your father. And he wants you fixed. And he knew the only way to get us fixed was to send Jesus to be our sacrifice. To get that blood. And that's what happened. And the father, you can go to him. And you don't have to suffer one more day with how much you hate yourself. You know what? God doesn't even care about that. He loves you. And that power of that blood and the power of the gospel can get through everything that has you bound up. Everything that makes you hate yourself, the Father can get to you. You know, you have a thousand voices. I've written this once. You have a thousand voices talking to you all day long. There's only one voice you need to listen to, and that is the voice of Jesus. He knows exactly where you're at, and he knows exactly what you're involved in, and he knows exactly where you are, and he sent Jesus to save you. He sent Jesus to save you, and that's what he wants to do. So call on that name. Call on the name of Jesus. Go to him and lay it all at his feet. Lay every bit of it. He is there to save you. Jesus has the power to save you. This gospel has the power to save you. He can get you out of anything you're involved in. And you say, but you don't know how bad it is. I don't. Jesus does. And he took it all. And that power of the gospel, that power of the gospel was sent to save you. And it can. Who did Jesus hang out with? He hung out with the hoes, the whores. He hung out with the publicans. That's who Jesus hung out with. You think he can't save you? He hung out with the worst of the worst. He hung out with the misfits. He hung out with the outcasts. He hung out with the dregs. He hung out with the criminals. He hung out with the worst. You know why? That's what his job is. And he loves to do it. He loves to save. Oh, he loves to save. I love how Jesus said to the Father, when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross, he said, Father, glorify thy name. Why? Because you're going to save everybody. You're going to save them all. With me, Jesus said. He wants to save you. Go to him. Call on his name. Talk to him. That's all prayer is, is talking to him. Get in a place by yourself and talk to him. How do you start? Jesus, help me. Help me. And you know what? It is written and it cannot be broken. Everybody, anybody that calls on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. Promise. And it can't be broken. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. 
you may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.